What an amazing retreat. We are so privileged to be a part of. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling it? Wow, I, I'm just, I'm moved. I, I cried in my seat and just tearing up and getting the goosebumps. And there's a point that you go, don't cry too much, Barry. You've got to get up there and speak, you know? Do you remember this fad from the 90s? Magic eye books. You guys remember that? The magic eye books, right? And um, these are stereograms. That's the official word. And you know, you focus on this 2D pattern, and then suddenly this 3D image comes into view, right? So if you haven't ever done one of these, you should try it. Can you remember when they first came out? And you know, someone got this book and they said, look, there's a heart in there. And you're like, no, it's, it's roses. Like, no, there's a heart, don't you see it? Don't you see it? And you're like, you're like trying, your face is like, you know, your eyes are crossed up and you're like, I can't see it. No, but it's in there. Keep looking. I mean, I think I got a headache, you know, trying to find the hidden heart. And, you know, you kind of like don't believe it. You're like, really? Is this a joke, right? But then there's this aha moment. And all of a sudden you see this 3D heart like leaping out at you. And it's like, why didn't I see that before? It was in there the whole time, right? It was just my perspective was off. I think our lives can be like the magic eye picture, you know? It just looks like a 2D image. It, it looks like roses going on, but there's God's love in there if we'll just see things from his perspective. Sometimes we can't see anything good or anything clearly, and yet God sees something wonderful going on. Today, the next lesson for us, priceless perspective. Priceless perspective. Turn over to John chapter 11, if you have a Bible with you, John 11. And we're going to look at the, the next real interaction with uh, Mary and Martha and Jesus uh, over in John chapter 11. Jesus had a priceless perspective to give Mary and Martha. He wanted them to have his perspective on life. And we, we're going to pick up in John chapter 11. We'll start reading in verse 1. It's a long reading, so I need you to hang with me. Amen? Amen. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus had, has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. And after she said this, she went back. And called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Priceless 
perspective. From death to life, Jesus was out to radically change their perspective that day. And from this lesson, we have two dimensions of priceless perspective. The first dimension, you ready? The priceless problem. What? Priceless and problem is in the same phrase? When I started today and I asked you, what is priceless to you? I'm sure many of you started thinking, what is it? I bet not a single one in here thought about, you know, my problems are priceless. <laughs> what is your perspective on problems in your life? Do you believe that problems in your life can grow your faith? Problems in your life can draw you closer to Jesus. Problems in your life can become priceless. I believe that this was a priceless problem in Mary and Martha and Lazarus's life, certainly. But tragedy is shocking, isn't it? Tragedy strikes the family in Bethany. And it shocks us when tragedy hits us, the loss of a loved one, especially if it's sudden. But regardless of the circumstances, you know, painful divorce, and I know in a room this big, there are women that have gone through a painful divorce. The betrayal of a, of a friend can be a tragic thing in our lives. An unexpected breakup, tragedy strikes and it shocks us. But then there's like, there are more manageable tragedies in our lives that we call trials, right? Maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's a family issue. You know, you've got a teen that's got a, got a challenging circumstance. Uh, economic uncertainty. Maybe it's an unfulfilled dream for you that's a trial, that you always imagine you'd be at a different place than you are today. The loss of a job, marriage problems. Sometimes it's just daily life. You ever feel that way? Just daily life is a trial for us. You know, I, I was putting together the lesson. I thought, you know, where am I right now? Like, what, what is my problem? You know, what is the trial that's currently going on in my life right now? And um, actually, it's been the same for a while now. Uh, for about the last nine years, my husband, John, has suffered from migraine headaches. And he has the chronic daily, the daily kind, the chronic migraine headaches. And it's, it's really affected our life. It, it touches our life. And there's some of you out there that are suffering with chronic pain issues or someone you love that's close to you, and you're the caregiver. And for me, like, so many times, I just, like, I'm tired of this one. Like, I, I don't want to see my, my husband suffer. I don't want to see the consequences of that. I don't, I just want a new trial. Do you ever feel that way? Like, <laughs> can it just go away? Can we get a solution? And, you know, different people come up, you know, have you tried this? You know, this was my solution. And so you try every solution that there is, and it doesn't work. And you just want it to go away. You ever feel that way about your problems? You know, in life, it's not if we're going to have a trial. 
It's not if the tragedy's going to happen. It's how will we respond to it. You know, my favorite verse in, in this story, in, in the family from Bethany, their tragedy is this one, verse 5. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. That's just my personal favorite in this story. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You know, there are two other verses in this passage that indicated Jesus' love for the family. Verse 3, Martha and Mary send the message, Hey, Lazarus is sick, but they don't use his name. They say, Lord, the one you love is sick. They didn't even have to say who it was. Jesus would know because he loved him so much. And then in verse 36, when Jesus weeps, the mourners look and they say, See how he loved him. Jesus loved Martha. He loved Mary. He loved Lazarus. And he loves you. He loves me. I think sometimes it can be easy to believe Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And we go, well, yeah, he loved them. Sure, that's awesome. But can he love me? Does he love me? We doubt that. If you don't remember anything else from this entire time together, I hope that this is what you will leave with. Jesus loves you. I left it blank so you could fill your name in that spot. If you're taking a note, a, a note down for this lesson, write, write it down on your paper. Jesus loves and put your name there. If you don't remember anything else, that's the most important perspective that we can have about our lives, that we can have when we're going through problems, is that Jesus loves me. And, you know, Jesus loves us apart from our Martha works and our Mary worship. And even if, like Lazarus, you're feeling a little dead spiritually today. And I know in a room that, that, that's this many women in this room, there's some of you, you can't relate to Mary or, or Martha because you feel like you're dead on the inside. Jesus can't love me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I need to be forgiven of. I can't, he can't possibly love me. No, he even loves us when we're dead. Actually, who got the miracle? It was Lazarus. He really loves us, actually, when we're dead. And that's just the miracle of God's love for us. Some of you are thinking about leaving God. You're thinking that maybe this Christian life is just too hard. Jesus loves you. Don't leave him. Love him back. You can note that in verse 5 and verse 6, it's, I think it's really interesting to note this, those verses are coupled together. And you say, what, what does that say again? It says, Jesus loved 
Martha and Mary, Martha and her, and her sister and Lazarus. And then it says, when he heard the news, he waited. Those are coupled, those thoughts. Yet, when Jesus heard the news, he waited. That goes against like what we think, doesn't it? We think, no, if Jesus loves them and then he hears that Lazarus is sick, he's going to hurry. But it says Jesus loved them, he heard he was sick, and he waited. And we say, why? Right? And we know the end of the story. You know, God's timing is a spiritual mystery. I'm going to say that again. God's timing is a spiritual mystery. You know, sometimes Jesus doesn't come when we feel we need him the most. Or we feel like he's not around. And we view that as a lack of love. But verse 5 and verse 6 here forces you to examine this season of waiting. Is this season of waiting that you're in? I call it the meantime. You know, I'm in the meantime with my husband's headaches. It's cruel. It is a mean time. You ever feel that way? That season of waiting. Maybe God is showing his love for you in the season of waiting. See, we see today, but God sees eternity. We see the roses. God sees the heart that's in it, embedded in the picture, in the magic eye picture. And so as Jesus arrives on the scene, he gets two different responses from the sisters. Martha comes out to meet him, and Mary stays home. And let's, let's look at Martha for a second. Verse 21. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. This is amazing. This woman, her, her brother has just died. She's in grief, and she has the faith to believe that Jesus could still do a miracle right now, even though he's dead. And I love it. Jesus responds to her faith with a second priceless promise. Do you see it? He says, Martha, your brother will rise again. And it's really interesting. You know, when that happened, why didn't Martha say, well, hurry up. Let's go to the tomb. It's over there. Let's go do this thing. Have you ever thought about that? What does she say instead? She says, a lot of, this is what we say when we go to a funeral. I know that my brother will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. That's what she said to Jesus. She took this promise that Jesus had given her, and she just tossed it into the future. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Here it is. Your brother will rise again. She goes, yeah, I know. One day he's going to rise again. Don't we do that? God gives us his word, a promise, and we just go, yeah, yeah, one day. I hope I get that. That's, that's for one day. Jesus is present right now for your problems. And that's what he says to Martha. He says, look, I am the resurrection and the life, right? I am. I'm right here. This is one of the I am statements of Jesus. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And I love her faith. She says, I believe. 
I know you are the one. You know, do you believe that the promises are for right now? It's not just for one day when we get to heaven. It's for right now. Jesus wants to be your present healer and comforter right now. Well, Martha starts to get the perspective. That, that heart starts popping out in the 3D image. She says, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. And I just love this next part. I love what happens next. And actually, it's the second dimension of priceless perspective, the priceless partners. I love what Martha does at this point. She goes back and she calls Mary. She pulls Mary aside and she says, the teacher is here and he's asking for you. Martha has completely changed from Luke chapter 10. Now she is a priceless partner for her sister right? She's helping her to get up from her grief and to go to Jesus. She's so radically different. She's no longer critical, right? She's no longer competitive. She doesn't come in and go, you know, I went out and saw Jesus and you're still just here. What is your problem? She helps her sister to connect with Jesus. She becomes a partner to Mary. You know, I live in Colorado, right? And the aspen trees are amazing. They're native to Colorado, and that's what this picture is, just a beautiful grove of aspen. And they have the white bark, and in September, their leaves change to just this, this golden color, and it's just striking. And you go through, and you drive through the mountains, and you, you look at the beautiful fall color. It's amazing. But aspen trees are so cool. A native aspen tree will never grow alone. You will never in its natural state see an aspen tree on its own. It grows in community. And the roots just interlock underneath the soil that you can't see. All of these trees are completely connected. The roots are intertwined and grow together so that, you know, the professionals that, you know, study these things say that that grove of aspen is one tree. That's one living organism because they grow in community. And I think God is trying to teach us through nature about ourselves. Ladies, we grow through community. We can't grow alone. We need our priceless partners in our life. And certainly Martha was that on this day for Mary, connecting her to Jesus. And I want to ask, who is your priceless partner? We just saw two up here. Thank you for your sharing. Everyone that shared was just amazing. Who is yours? Do you have a Martha in your life? Do you have a priceless partner in your life? Do you have someone that will help you when you're feeling distant from Jesus to get connected, to get up and go to Jesus? Do you have that person? Who needs you? Who needs you to be that priceless partner in their life to help them connect 
Mary's grieving, but at the request of Jesus through her sister Martha, she goes out and she meets Jesus on the road. And you got to love Mary. Every time she sees Jesus, she's at his feet. She falls at his feet. That was a really good place to start. But then she does what a lot of us do when we go through tragedy and trials and when we face problems. She blames Jesus. You know, the only thing she said to him is, this is what she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And the interesting thing is, Martha and Mary said exactly the same first sentence to Jesus. Martha just had the faith to believe that Jesus would turn the situation around. Mary didn't have that. She blames Jesus. And his response is stunning. He doesn't defend himself. And he certainly could have, right? Because he did not make a mistake, actually, in this situation or at all, ever. He doesn't rebuke Mary for her lack of faith. He doesn't compare her to Martha. He just takes a look around at the situation and how death had wreaked havoc on this family from Bethany. And in verse 33, it says he was deeply moved and troubled. And that phrase in the original language has a lot of indignation in it. It has a lot of anger in it. It's, it's almost like a, a bull about to ready to charge. Is, it's the concept in the original language. It's like Jesus was like sn a snorting bull about to charge. That phrase, deep, uh, sorry, deeply moved and troubled, it carries anger and indignation. And then Jesus' next words are, where have you laid him? And it's almost like Jesus is saying, enough is enough. Death has been playing around here long enough, and I'm about to end this thing. And then you see verse 35. Immediately, they take him to the tomb, and Jesus starts to weep. Jesus wept. Shortest scripture in the Bible. And in the original language, it carries this idea of deep sorrow, like great emotion. Jesus is weeping, so much so that the mourners are like, Look how much Jesus loved Lazarus. He's weeping. Jesus is our partner in our problems, ladies. He's not the one to blame. Jesus is our most priceless partner. He's weeping with us. He's mad about the situation, and he did something about it on the cross. Death and destruction has, will, and was attacking our lives. And Jesus said, that's it. Enough is enough. I'm doing something about it. And he died on the cross for our sins and was raised to life himself. Can I get an amen for that? <laughs> Jesus is our partner in our pain. He shares our pain. And it just blows me away. Like, Jesus knows that in a few minutes... He's going to do this miracle, and it's going to be awesome. And he still weeps. What, did you ever think, why did he weep? He needed to share in the sorrow to comfort Mary. And I know you know how this feels when you're just so torn up about something in your life. You start to cry, and your friend just starts crying with you. It just, it just, it's a bless your heart kind of moment right there. <laughs> Right? 
It's amazing because the story does not end with Jesus comforting Mary and the mourners with his tears. Jesus actually raises a dead man back to life. He wasn't like an almost dead man. He wasn't a comatose dead man. Lazarus was dead for four days. And four days, this is an interesting fact. It's important. Four days. It's important, actually. Because the Jews held this belief that a person was not officially dead until the fourth day. They believed that the soul could hover around the body for three days. But day four was the day of death. Day four was miracle expiration day. Day four has, is, or will happen to each one of us at some point in our lives. The marriage is past the point of reconciliation. The disease is incurable. The checkbook is empty. The past is haunting the present. Day four is a perfect day for a miracle. But day four calls for obedience on our part. Jesus says, take away that stone. Now, that's interesting. You know Jesus, right? He could have just like snapped his fingers, and that stone could have just like poof into a thousand dust particles. Or he could have raised Lazarus and given him a super strength power, you know, like a Superman kind of, you know, superpower, and just had Lazarus just like push the stone out and come out, you know, with flexed muscles. <laughs> Jesus could have done any of that, but he didn't. He told the priceless partners of Lazarus, take away that stone. And what does Martha say? There's a bad odor. <laughs> King James version of this scripture says, he stinketh. <laughs> I love that. He stinketh. See, Jesus says, take away the stone. And Martha says, but Lord, it stinks. Jesus says, go make disciples. And we say, but Lord, it stinks. Jesus says, go serve the poor. And we say, but Lord, it stinks. Jesus says, go forgive your sister. And we say, but Lord, it stinks. If we want to say, see a day four resurrection, we're going to have to get into some stinky obedience. <laughs> if you want to see a day four resurrection, you just might have to do something that doesn't make any sense at all. I love verse 41. They obeyed. Jesus prayed. Lazarus was raised. They obeyed. Jesus prays. Lazarus was raised. Verse 44. Lazarus like comes forth, you know, come forth. Lazarus is resurrected. He's like stumbling out, you know, in the grave clothes. He's like twisted up. 
He's alive, but he's still a little messy. What does Jesus say? Take the grave clothes off. Go back in there, priceless partners. It's still messy. Get back in there. Help him out. Help your brother out. Got another action item for you. Here it is. Start or renew a priceless partnership with someone here today. Start, you know. Maybe you need to start. Maybe as I'm sharing this concept of a priceless partner, you're, you're like, I don't have any spiritual partners in my life. I've got some good friends, but no one that really can help me spiritually. Ask someone today. I, I'm, I'm like setting you up right here. Just say, hey, you know how Barry said uh, about how we should have that? You know, will you, will you be that for me? Don't you love little five-year-old girls on the playground? They kind of can, can feel like they, they have something in common with their little buddy, and they come up and they say, will you be my best friend? <laughs> Don't you just go, oh. We can feel awkward about that, though, can't we? We're sitting there, and you're feeling kind of lonely, and you're like, I don't have that kind of person in my life, and I am not about to ask anybody today. Start, I just dare you. Start a priceless partnership with someone here today. Maybe you need to renew it. Maybe you've kind of drifted. Maybe you haven't really been spiritual in your priceless partnership. Sometimes we get surfacy. We can have someone like that, but we just kind of get surfacy. I mean, it's time to get back to some prayer together. How about that? Open in the Bible. Renew. Recommit today. Grab your priceless partner and say, hey, I, I want to I help you get to Jesus. Will you help me too? Resurrection. It is possible with Jesus. Hope. It is possible with Jesus today. Forgiveness is possible with Jesus. Joy is possible with Jesus. I don't know what your day for is. I don't know when it's going to happen. But next to a tomb in Bethany, on day four, there was a resurrection. Two women had their hearts blessed by Jesus, his priceless, unfailing love. And it's available to us today. Priceless perspective. Our lives can be like that magic eye picture. We are waiting for the aha moment. I see it. Even our problems in our lives can become priceless when they draw us closer to Jesus. And certainly the partners in our lives are priceless, helping us come to Jesus and to transform our stink. <laughs> May we be like Martha and Mary and have that aha moment of resurrection and life that Jesus so desperately wants to give us. Amen.